This podcast is brought to you by MediShare, affordable and biblical health care sharing. Visit MediShare.com slash unpacking it. You deserve affordable, reliable health care. It's MediShare. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast. A show that brings meaning and purpose to the fantasy season. It's our hope to help you win your league. But more importantly, we want to encourage you in your faith. Together, we'll unpack fantasy, faith, and life. Now, from his mic to your ears, here is Bryce Johnson. This is the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast. Presented by MetaShare together. We'll unpack fantasy, faith, and life. I'm Bryce Johnson with Harrison Zuckerberg here to encourage you and help you win while also finding meaning and purpose throughout the fantasy season. We won't always be right, but we hope we'll be convincing. We're a part of the Unpacking It Podcast Network. Wow. The fantasy season took quite the turn over the weekend. We have got some major injuries to discuss on today's show. Some guys are banged up. The quarterback position couldn't be any crazier. If you're telling me that Jared Goff was the number one QB this week, was right behind him, Zach Wilson is back, looked pretty good. Kenny Pickett got his chance, got into the end zone a couple of times, and looks like he's going to be the guy now. And so what do we make of the QB position and and who do we like moving forward Uh, today on the show? As always, we will uh, we'll be accountable for where we were wrong and we'll celebrate a few of the things that we've gotten right uh, in recent weeks. And we'll take a look at the waiver wire today and we'll play peace, panic or partially concerned on a number of of top players trying to figure out if, if we need to panic or not. So. Always uh, appreciate your feedback. You can email me, fantasy at unpackingit.com. If you're looking for an affordable, reliable healthcare option that you can trust, check out MediShare today. And of course, it's uh, open enrollment season. And so if you're looking to make a change, definitely consider MediShare. They've got options for you. And the best part is their members on average save 50% or more on their healthcare costs. So visit MediShare.com slash unpacking it all right let's uh let's jump right in with some fantasy shenanigans as harrison and i kind of share uh just some some big picture stuff from the the fantasy weekend and and how some of these crazy stories uh, affected us personally and and harrison i will give you first crack at this today and i I thought we had a strict no unc hat policy (laughs) on this show but uh you're breaking that policy today but uh that's all right. We'll let we'll let it slide. How how you doing? And and how was the fantasy weekend? I'm doing great. Fantasy weekend for me was so up and down. We started off by waking up on Sunday morning and realizing that for, at my time, 7 a.m., Alvin Kamara <laughs> was listed as inactive. It's safe to say I did not get the chance to take him out of my lineup at 7 a.m. So he was left in two of my lineups. I had Michael Thomas left in another lineup. And, you know, I could have done the thing where I, I text the commissioner or I'm the commissioner of one of the leagues and I kind of just take him out or say, hey, put someone else in for me. Don't let anyone else notice. Be like, you know what? I'm going to ride it out. We can see if it's going to be okay. I was able to pull out a win in both of those leagues 
with two zeros in my lineup from Kamara and Thomas. I had another friend, though, who had Kamara in, in another league, and he texted in the group chat. He's like, guys, you know, I got screwed by the start time, London game. I, come on, please let me take out Kamara. You know, it's not fair. <laughs> This guy, though, is currently studying abroad in Spain, so it was a normal 1 o'clock game time for him. So he had no <laughs> excuse. We're like, really? We're all here with getting the notification at like 6, 7 a.m. You, It's 1 o'clock for you there. What are you talking about? You weren't able to take oh, him out of your lineup. You were awake. So he was completely shot down in, in, in that chat. Um, but luckily, you know, I had guys like Chris Olave go off. Brandon Cooks was going off. I was feeling strong during the one o'clock game. Justin Herbert had a big game. Gerald Everett continued to play great for me. So I was feeling hot. And then we got to the four o'clock time and I get the notification after the Colts game at around four o'clock that Jonathan Taylor is injured, might be out a couple weeks. So there's hit number one. Then I'm watching the Denver game and, you know, beginning of the first quarter, half looks great. Javante Williams is out snapping and out carrying Melvin Gordon nine to one on carries. And then he goes down in the second half. And now both my running backs are injured going into next week. I end up losing the matchup, obviously, that I had both of them playing in. So I started off super hot, feeling great. Took a, a scary turn towards the end of the day, but I still ended up going two and one this week. So it wasn't awful. Uh, but could have obviously been a lot better, as I'm sure for a lot of other fantasy managers as well, not just myself, with the uh, injuries that we saw happen on Sunday. Yes, so we will we will talk about those injuries throughout the show, and of course, here on this show, we have been very high on Javante Williams, and and I think he looked great this year. I think he was just getting started, and I was excited about what was to come the rest of the way, and so to see him go down, especially as a young running back uh just a bummer you know it kind of reminds us of cam Akers, jk dobbins you know guys that we in recent years saw go out for for extended time and and so just you just hate seeing it and then for us as fantasy owners now we're scrambling and and so uh I, thankfully i load up on running backs so so I, i'm not as devastated when a running back goes down it's kind of next man up type of thing uh but anyway going into thursday night with uh jonathan taylor questionable many fantasy owners that took him as the number one or number two running back or number two overall and he hasn't been playing well and the crazy shenanigans for me this past weekend I won my league despite Pittman and Taylor scoring a combined nine points so it was a bittersweet uh situation for me and then the other thing I got to celebrate today TJ Hawkinson 46 points two touchdowns he finally wakes up, and and so those of us that have been patient, patiently waiting for him, uh, that was that was nice. Um, one other shenanigan from the weekend: How about Atlanta winning, yet Kyle Pitts and Drake London they each only had a few fantasy points, so that was kind of confusing. How they and now, of course, we also have the Cordero Patterson injury; he's out for four weeks, and and we'll talk later because I think there's some potential there. Actually, a name that I mentioned last week. Uh, and actually, I was kicking myself after last week's show. I was like, I didn't give Cordero enough love for his performance last week because uh, I was mentioning Tyler Algier. So, uh, so we'll, we'll see how that that goes. But let's um, let, let's get started as well with some accountability, Harrison. And there's one player that on last week's show you and I had a a friendly disagreement on. It's only been a couple of weeks, but I'm feeling pretty good about this, and I'm going to give you the floor to apologize on your Romeo Dobbs take. So I apologize for not calling Romeo Dobbs legit last week. 
you know, he had another solid game this week. So he definitely has a role in the offense. I think he's going to be solid moving forward. But don't freak out too much because Alan Lazard <laughs> still had six catches for over 100 yards. He's clearly the alpha receiver there in Green Bay. So Romeo Dobbs may be nice, but don't think that Romeo Dobbs is now going to be a top 10 fantasy receiver for the next year. He'll be good, but slow the roll a little bit. Realistically, if you play him in your flex, your wide receiver three spot throughout the year, you're going to have some good weeks from him. And the crazy thing is the Packers offense still hasn't gotten going yet. Like it, to me, it still hasn't scratched the surface. I still have hope for them. Um, and so, you know, Lazard, he's been okay. Him and Dobbs have both been, you know, solid. They're, they're not in that upper echelon by, by any means. I have to apologize that I, I was out on Josh Jacobs. I was all in on the Raiders passing offense out on the, the rushing game. Yet Jacobs monster game. I mean, I don't even know. He didn't even look like Josh Jacobs. That looked like another running back out there running all over a pretty good Denver defense. So that was shocking. And then I, I was all excited about Darren Waller this year. So far, it has been a total letdown. So I'm, uh, I'm struggling with him. I, I'm not totally out on him. I think he'll eventually have some good games, but uh, I definitely have to, to confess that I was, uh, I was wrong there. So um, let, let's move forward with woulda, coulda, shoulda. And in kind of along the, the same line of thinking, you know, some, some guys that maybe we're kicking ourselves for either, you know, not drafting, not picking up, not starting. Uh, Harrison, why don't you jump in? So the first one for me is I'm going to talk a little about the Javante injury. So far this season in the league where I have Javante Williams, my three running backs are Jonathan Taylor, Javante Williams, and Aaron Jones. So I've been very handcuffed, it feels like, with lineup decisions because I have to play all three of them, right? Like I'm not going to pick up a, a waiver wire receiver and start them over Javante Williams. I have to ride it out. However, this week I was really debating about doing that with both Josh Reynolds and Jamal Agnew once we found out that Zay Jones was out. But I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm not going to start either of them over Javante Williams. They both end up having monster games, and obviously Javante gets injured. So that is a shoulda, woulda, coulda. I should have, you know, taken the risk and started them this week. However, moving forward, I feel like the Javante injury actually is going to be a good thing for my team because it actually allows me now a lot more flexibility to make those waiver wire starts that I want to week in and week out instead of being you know really constricted on what I can do with my lineup when you have three elite running backs. And the second thing that I'm really regretting after this week is I dropped Isaiah Pacheco, who was my guy from the whole preseason. I wanted to take over in Kansas City for David Njoku, who David Njoku had a great game. He, he played really well. But this was the week He's that Pacheco good. finally got involved in the Kansas City offense after not doing anything the first couple of weeks. So I think it's safe to say I dropped him one week too early, and now a lot of people are going to be scrambling to get him off of waivers because I, I let him slip through my fingers and put him back on the waiver wire. Well, I, I like him, there, but Clyde Edwards-Alaire has been so good. So, I mean, you just want pieces of Kansas City, and, and I'll start there because the, the woulda, coulda, shoulda for me is I just I, I just wish I had Travis Kelsey. I just wish he was on every team. And I, I started thinking about over the weekend, it's like he probably should be the number one pick because to have that type of consistency and that type of elite production from a position week in, week out, year in, year out, is it's unbelievable. Christian McCaffrey, when he's healthy, he's he he delivers for the most part, but uh, you know, Cooper Cup's been very solid for, for sure, but it's like Kelsey rarely has a down, down game. Like a down game for him is not scoring. It's still catching seven passes. 
So I regret not having Travis Kelsey. I don't have him at all this year. Very sad. Uh, the other thing I blew this week. So I, I got it. My the, the London game got in my head a little bit because over the years, the London game can give us the craziest of situations. And it's very scary to play anybody in those games because you just don't know what's going to happen. It's kind of like Thursday night games. They're always just a little wonky. And, and so for me, I was starting Kirk Cousins and Adam Thielen, and I only have one quarterback with Kirk Cousins, which he ended up not having a good day. And so I benched Adam Thielen, who did have a great day, and I played Josh Palmer instead because Keenan Allen was out. And Josh Palmer did not have a good day, and I ended up losing that matchup. And if I would have played Thielen, I would have won. So that was disappointing and, and just a big, big miss on, on my part. All right, now let's go to the, the positive side of things. And we call it, that's what I'm talking about, things that we were maybe right about over, over the last couple of weeks. And a couple of guys for me that, that I have been loyal to over the years finally emerged or have been you know solid lately. Uh, first off, Austin Eckler, 35 points. He reminded us of how he can get into the end zone in bunches. And so that was that was beautiful to see. All right, what are what are you talking about today here, Harrison? So I know you shied away from the London games. I fully embraced it and started Chris <laughs> Olave again this week, and he rewarded me by having another great week. I think the Chris Olave breakout is, is really upon us now, and he's going to be a really solid wide receiver, too, for the rest of the season with the Saints, even though the Saints have looked really shaky. I think he is someone who is going to be a great fantasy player this season and for years to come for them. Uh, and then, like you said before, starting Russell Wilson, I had benched Russell Wilson the last couple of weeks. I was like, you know what? I'll give him another chance this week. I don't know. I just got a feeling that he's going to have a bounce back game. And he played great for me. He had another bounce back game. Like a lot of other players on Denver, Cortland Sutton had a great game. So, you know, I'm feeling great about the way the Denver offense looked, even though Javante Williams, you know, came out, they, they produced for fantasy. So I think positive steps in the right direction for Denver moving forward. The, the one other excitement I have is Pat Fryermuth. And I've got him. I love him. The problem is I've been playing Darren Waller over him, which is actually, it's been pretty foolish. Uh, but Pat, nine targets, seven receptions, 85 yards. Uh, the only downside is he hasn't scored as many touchdowns as he, as he did last year. Uh, but I'm hoping his opportunity is going to be even better with Kenny Pickett. And so the, the boost that that Steelers offense got with Pickett out there, everybody was more excited. It was still weird. They lost to the Jets. It was just kind of one of those days. Things kind of bounced the, the way for the Jets. But uh, but I, I'm, I'm excited moving forward. I'm now, you know, I'd like to take a look at George Pickens. If, if there are some leagues where he's still on the waiver wire, it might be unlikely, but definitely want to get him. Maybe, maybe throw a flyer with Chase Claypool. Um, I know people are panicking about Deontay Johnson. I kind of want to wait to see what he's like with Kenny Pickett. I, I like uh, I like Pittsburgh at least being better moving forward. Uh, so excited about that. And then lastly, uh, DJ Moore, six receptions for 50 yards, a glimmer of hope. But we also, let's take a step back. Wait, 11 targets, only six catches? Yes, because Baker Mayfield is still the quarterback and it's still a problem. It's still, it's still a major concern. Uh, but Christian McCaffrey was also great uh, as well. So Harrison, uh, before I jump into the, the breakout, we've got a couple questions coming along. Uh, the chat. And so uh, ask your trade questions and uh, maybe waiver wire questions on the chat, or you can always email me fantasy at unpacking it.com. 
Uh, but someone's asking, um, should I get rid of Devontae Adams, Kyle Pitts, and Juju for Deontay Johnson, Keenan Allen, Miles Sanders, and Dalton Schultz? What side of that do you like better? I probably would not do that deal because, you know, Miles Sanders has been great so far this season, but I, I would be really worried about trading for Deontay Johnson, especially after the week he had this week. And, you know, Kenny Pickett looked all right, but he didn't look exceptional by any means. And we have no idea who Kenny Pickett's going to favor in the passing game. So I think that's a really risky move uh, to trade for him. If that trade is still available a week from now, after Deontay Johnson, we have some more tape on him and Pickett together. I think it could possibly be a good deal, but right now I would, I'd be pretty worried about making that deal. And then the other trade, should I trade Jonathan Taylor for Justin Jefferson or Jonathan Taylor for Diggs and Eli Mitchell or Jonathan Taylor for Diggs and Hunt? Interesting. I, I would that, normally say don't trade Jonathan Taylor, but the fact that it's Stefan Diggs, who I think is going to finish as the overall wide receiver one this season, and you're getting someone else in return, I would probably make that move, especially with the injury. Now we don't know what he's going to be like for the next couple of weeks. So I would probably do the digs for Hunt one. I don't know about Eli Mitchell, um, just because we don't really know what's going on there with the injury. But Hunt is a good flex play, and and Diggs is going to put up twenty point weeks every week. So I, I would probably make that move. It depends on what the rest of your team so, construction is like, though. True, that's always the case. Uh, Jonathan Taylor got off to a slow start last year and then finish strong. So we have to remember, it's all about the fantasy playoffs. Obviously, you have to get to the fantasy playoffs, but a reliable top running back like Jonathan Taylor, and as bad as the Colts have looked so far, they're still going to be in playoff contention in that division. I don't see anybody, nobody's running away with it. The Titans aren't going to run away with the division, even like they somewhat did last year. But um, yeah, the Colts, are they're going to be in the mix, and I think Jonathan Taylor... I hope they rest him on Thursday. So I've been talking a lot about that on our Unpacking It podcast. I've been writing about it. I don't like when players rush back too soon from injuries. Just get healthy. It's a long season. Just just get get the proper healing that you need and then get back out there. Uh, you got to see the big picture a little bit. So that's, what, that's my hope for, for Jonathan Taylor. All right, we'll, we'll get back to Harrison in just a little bit. So each week during our breakout segment, we take a fantasy concept related to the Bible, related to our own lives, and you can find out more about these breakouts by becoming a Fantasy Football Fellowship member on our website, fantasyfootballfellowship.com. And, and so each week you can read the breakout, you can watch a video, you can answer questions, and also these are designed for you and your league to discuss the topics during league meetings. Or, or a small group meeting, and and so we encourage you to uh, to try to you know gather some guys from your from your league to do that. Uh, but here on the show, we we unpack the the breakout each week, and today's topic is all about trades, fantasy trades, and the concept of being rejected. And so, when it comes to trades, I, I know it's fun to make them. It can oftentimes be very hard to get you know, agreement from another manager in your league. And, and so you try to send offers out, right? So you look at your roster and you go, okay, I'm weak at running back. What other team has extra running backs, which is always hard to find, but let's say maybe it's a tight end. You're like, all right, who has two tight ends and they really only need one. Let me go try to trade with them. Quarterback, similar situation. And you know, you look at the waiver wire and you go, ah, I got to try to make a trade. What, what, how can I help another guy with his roster, but 
more importantly, what are we trying to do? We're trying to make a trade that helps us. And so we send these trade offers and trade proposals to different managers. Then all of a sudden we wait. We wait. We hope that they're going to accept the deal. Maybe we'll send them a text to try to, you know, encourage and <laughs> get them to get them to agree, convince them a little bit. And then maybe hours pass, maybe days pass, sometimes right away. We get the email notification or, or the, the notification on our phone that says, the trade you proposed has been rejected. And it's like, oh, are you kidding me? I really wanted that to go through. I thought that was going to really help my team. I thought I was finally going to get that, that key RB2 that I've been looking for. And you're bummed. You kind of go back to the drawing board. And it's, it's just one of those elements to the fantasy season you try to make trades when you can, especially if you're you know not pleased with your your roster. But oftentimes we try to make trades just to get get better as well. Uh, if we have some maybe extra wide receivers that we're looking to move, we're like, man, this guy's on the bench, not getting me any points. Maybe you could help another team, and I can upgrade at the tight end spot or something like that. But today, for for our conversation here and the and the parallel that that will parallel to our own lives is <laughs> rejection is still tough. It's still a bummer to have someone say, I don't want your players. I don't, I don't want to do this trade with you. I'm not interested. Move along. <laughs> Send your trade proposals to somebody else. And, and so it, you know, it, it hurts a little bit. It's just fantasy, so it doesn't hurt that long. But in life, this can be a major uh, struggle, a major discouragement disappointment when we go for the job, when we go for the girl, when we go for the home, when we go for different things in life and we get rejected. And it hurts too when when friends reject us, you know, friends that we used to have that no longer want to be friends or, you know, rejection takes place in a lot of different ways at all seasons of life. It, it, it can pop up where we put ourselves out there and we get rejected. And it hurts. It hurts our pride, our ego. However you want to describe it, it, it hurts because it says something about us sometimes or, or we, we allow it to say something about us. We, we may even buy the lie that it says something about us. And my encouragement for us today is to actually see rejection a different way and ultimately through the lens of who God says we are and ultimately understanding the reality that he accepts us, that he invites us to be a part of his family. And he says yes to us. And that's all that matters. All these other things, all these other rejections, they may hurt temporarily and they do. Trust me, I have been rejected uh, many different ways uh, all throughout my life. But ultimately, I know that God loves me. He has saved me. He sent Jesus to die on the cross for me. Jesus rose again. He offers me salvation and eternal life, and I can rest in that. And so although I may face some of that, that you know, rejection, the pain is temporary, the discouragement is temporary, and it's, all right, I got to get back out there. I got to keep moving. And, and the other thing to consider is something that my, my pastor, David Chadwick, used to always say is that rejection can be God's protection. And, and, I, and I believe that. I believe that oftentimes doors close in our lives, and it's really God protecting us. Many times it's because he's opening 
a much better door. And he's got a much better plan for us. And, and sometimes he's using that season of rejection to get our attention, to draw us closer to himself, to, to help us uh, depend on him more, to see his glory, his goodness, his faithfulness in a new way. And so we have to go through that, that rejection at times. And, 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 and again, through all of it, it's our reminder that if the God of the universe, the one who created us, accepts us for who we are, and, and not, you know, well, he accepts us because of Jesus, that who we are in Christ, that when we, when we say, yes, I put my hope and faith and trust in Jesus, and I am now in Christ, that we are accepted and, and, and we are brought into God's family through Jesus. And, and so no matter what we've done, no matter what we will do, we, because of Jesus, are accepted and, and no longer rejected. Now, it is through Jesus because, you know, this is a whole other topic, but, you know, if, if we're not in Christ, then, yeah, God, at the end, if, when eternity is in front of us, then, then God will reject us at that point. If we're not in Christ, if we haven't surrendered our lives and given our, our you know, lordship and, and confessed with our mouth and believed in our heart that Jesus is Lord, then, uh, then, then, then yeah, we, we will be rejected. But thankfully, we don't have to. This is a free invitation. The, the, the free gift of salvation is available to us, and, and so that's, that's incredible news, and that's what we rest in today. And, and so let me, let me read this um, in, in Ephesians. Uh, before that, let me just say this. Our faith in Jesus allows us to remain hopeful and rest in the truth that we are wanted, chosen, and accepted by the ultimate king. And, and so we can handle rejection in life with peace because of the thankfulness and the blessings that come from being one of God's children. And so Ephesians 1, 3 through 6 says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. So that's, that's what we belong to. And, and we may face tough setbacks and, and rejections along the way, but let's not allow them to derail us and, and get in the way of embracing our eternal hope and our faith in God of the universe who makes a way for us to be with him and he always welcomes us with open arms. And, and so we run toward him and, and so even in those moments of, of disappointment and rejection when we don't get the job, when we you know things don't work out relation, relationally with someone else, we turn to God. And he's there to comfort us, to love us, to remind us that he is good and faithful. And he does have a plan for us. And he's going to turn things around for our good. And he's going to use those things to grow us and change us. And he'll, he'll open up the necessary doors that, that we need. And he will guide us along the best path of life. And so do we trust that? And, and do we cling to that? Or do we want to sit in discouragement because ugh, I've been rejected? And, and let, me, let me add this too. Oftentimes, in, in the fantasy season, we don't send trades 
because we're afraid to get rejected or, or we talk ourselves out of something and we go, nah, he's not going to want to do that trade. Well, what does it hurt to send the trade? Give it a whirl. We got to send some trades. Now, you don't want to be outrageous and know someone's not going to trade you, um, I don't know, Justin Jefferson for Romeo Dobbs, as much as I love Romeo Dobbs. Uh, that's probably not going to happen. So you don't send outrageous deals. But it's worth throwing it out there because you never know how someone values a certain player, and so you try to you try to you know, figure something out. But we have to avoid that fear of rejection. And I believe that infiltrates our own lives as well. Because I know for me personally, there have been times where I've struggled because I'm in ministry and I have to raise support and I have to ask people for money that I get fearful uh, of asking people for money because I'm afraid they're going to reject me. And then it's, it, it's, it, I buy the lie that, oh, I'm not good enough or I'm not worthy of their money or they don't like me or they don't like the ministry, <laughs> you know, all these different kind of lies and, and you know, maybe some of that's true. I don't know, but, 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 it, but it, it, it can be very discouraging um, and it takes away from me just trusting God and saying, all right, I'm going to put myself out there. I'm going to cast the net and God, I'm, I, I trust you to, to fill it with, with the fish, so to speak. As we uh, think about the, the story in the Bible where Jesus says, Hey, throw the net on the other side. So, so are we afraid of, of rejection in life? And so it prevents us from taking steps of faith, from putting ourselves out there, from, um, even opening ourselves up to to certain relationships and friendships and you know small group at church or you know different opportunities real you know real relationships uh, because we we hold ah, I'm afraid they're going to reject me well, we have to put ourselves out there and trust God that He's going to bring the right friends and the right the right relationships in our lives and the right job and and sometimes we're like ah, I don't want to get rejected from that job or from that promotion. And so somebody listening today, you got to hear this. You got to go for it. If God's prompting you and, and you're feeling the nudge and you're allowing fear to hold you back, trust God to step forward. And if he's, if he's not leading you, then yeah, you don't do that. But, um, but put yourself out there and, and go for it. And, and so um, I'll even throw out there today. How about it, we, need, we need resources here at Unpacking It and, and to continue Fantasy Football Fellowship so if you, if you feel the nudge to support and give to, toward, uh, toward unpacking it, toward Fantasy Football Fellowship, I encourage you to do so. And so there you go. There's, some of you will reject me today, but I got to embrace it and know that God loves me. He's the ultimate provider and, and the sustainer of this ministry. Uh, but thankfully, he uses people like you to, to support us. And so I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for all of you that, that do support and, and will support moving forward. Uh, but I encourage all of us, to, uh, to, to know that in Christ we are accepted and loved and, and, and in his family. And we don't have to worry about uh, that rejection anymore. And, and so that's a wonderful uh, opportunity for us to live with peace and hope in him. And so let's, uh, let's rest in that truth today. Uh, so there you go. That's this week's breakout here on the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast. So... As far as trades go, keep going for it. Try to make a trade. Try to make a trade this week. Uh, appreciate some of the people mentioning on the chat uh, some different trade possibilities. Um, 
And, and so if you've got any thoughts on that, uh, we'd love to hear from you. So this is the time right now where I usually try to make trades because if someone's been underperforming for the first four weeks of the season, it should be pretty easy to get them from the other fantasy manager because they've probably had four bad weeks. So they'd be willing to give up on this player. You know, usually after a week or two, guys want to hold out and see if their players can bounce back. But four weeks is usually a, a pretty good sample size for how the season's going to go. Uh, so I tried to make a couple of trades this week. And for me, the worst thing is offering a trade that you think's a fair trade. All the trade analyzers thinks a fair trade, but the other player rejects and then goes and takes a worse trade package than what you offered them. So for me this week, you know, someone in my league had two elite receivers in Stefan Diggs and Devonte Adams. who was looking to get rid of one of them because he desperately needed a running back. So I was offering Aaron Jones and, and Brandon cooks for, you know, Devontae Adams and like Travis Etienne or AJ Dillon or another flex type running back. And, and ESPN said it was completely perfect trade value for both sides. It was rejected. You know what? Fine. Just didn't want to make the move right now. Yesterday, I see that he agrees to trade Stefan Diggs and Travis Etienne, both, you know, Travis Etienne has been under one, but Stefan Diggs is the number one wide receiver for Amari Cooper and Damian Pierce. I know Damian oh. Pierce had a good game this week. But you cannot tell me you would rather have Damian Pierce for the rest of the season than Aaron Jones. And I always feel Amari Cooper and Brandon Cooks are probably equal. But I was like, come on, you can't be serious. You said you weren't getting enough value ah. with, with AJ, with uh, Aaron Jones because you wanted a running back, but you, uh, Damian Pierce is enough value for you? Like, oh my gosh. Like, you know what? I, I hope it works out for him, but I'm just kicking myself. And I was like, wow, I could have really had you know, Stefan Diggs on my team. If only I had Damian Pierce instead of Javante Williams or, or Jonathan Taylor, one of the other great running backs I was trying to offer. Man, uh, it is, it is interesting what other people value and what they're, what, how they view certain players and everybody's got different perspectives. And as we project what they're going to do the rest of the way, it, it's, it, it's, it's differing across the board. So that's why you may, you may try to make a trade and you go, man, this is really fair but the other person just doesn't value your guys the same way. That's the, that's the reality of it. But at the same time, that's why you keep rolling the dice because you might find somebody that isn't valuing someone on their roster that then you get some, some great value there. So if they've given up on somebody, go try to get them. All right, we're going to play a little peace, panic, or partial concern, uh, and we're going to run through really some big-name guys that, that have been struggling. Uh, we're kind of wondering about the rest of the way. So let's start with Washington. To me, there's a lot of panic in, in Washington, but I, I would say probably the, the highest drafted player was Terry McLaurin, uh, who's yet to have a real breakout game. Uh, where do you stand with him? So I think Terry is still going to be really solid for the rest of the season, but I don't think the you know top 10, top 15 upside necessarily there that a lot of people thought. I think he'll be a really great wide receiver too still, but be inconsistent week to week because Carson Wentz some weeks just forgets how to play quarterback and other weeks he, to he uh, turns into Dan Marino. <laughs> so I don't really know what's going to happen week to week, but I would still leave Terry in your wide receiver two or flex because he'll probably have like 19 points some week and then other weeks he might have three or four, but that's how it goes a lot of times with guys like Terry, like Deontay Johnson, like DJ Moore, where really shaky quarterback play, but just great, talented receivers who will find ways to get it done in specific matchups. All right, so this past week, DeAndre Swift was out injured, and it looks like he's going to be out a little bit longer, and the Lions did not miss a beat. And they, Jamal Williams 
filling in for Swift, had an unbelievable game. And all season long, Williams has been the vulture, and he's been getting touchdowns. Uh, really, Swift hasn't he hasn't scored as many as as Williams has. And and so my I've got a I would say partial concern for Swift, not only the injury, but then coming back and and being in this timeshare. But the, the the flip side of it is I'm so encouraged by the Lions offense. They're they're putting up ridiculous numbers on pace for crazy records and all that kind of thing. They keep losing because uh, the defense isn't doing anything. But uh, I would say, yeah, partial concern. I think Swift is still so talented, so I'm not willing to give up on him just yet. I'm gonna I'm gonna hang on to him on a, on a couple teams that I have him. Um, so partial concern though. Uh, definitely monitoring the injury and and how involved Williams continues to be. All right, George Kittle. We saw last night. Actually, we didn't see him last night. Where was he? George Kittle is not a part of the offense. They, we got uh, check get more involved than, than Kittle. So I think it's a clear panic. Uh, how about you, Harrison? I think it's a clear panic for Kittle because not, not because of anything he is doing wrong, but the 49ers have been killed with injuries on their offensive line. Kittle may be the best blocker on the offensive line, and you could see that last night. He was staying in in six-man pass protection sets. He was chipping every single time before he went out, so he was not being used as a pass catcher as much because they needed an extra guy blocking to you know stop Aaron Donald last night, and that may be the case going forward is that Kittle is used almost as a sixth lineman because their tackles are so bl- uh, banged up, and Jimmy G is not mobile, so you got to protect him somehow. Back to DeAndre Swift a little bit. I find it really funny that in the offseason, you know, there's a lot of people like DeAndre Swift's the next Christian McCaffrey. He's going to get a ton of targets on this team. He is literally the next Christian McCaffrey because he doesn't play. (laughs) When he plays, he's going to give you 25 points, but he's only going to play probably six games every season. That's what it's looked like so far the first couple of years in his career. So I find it really funny how accurate that comparison has turned out to be not in a good way at all. It's not funny, Harrison. It's not <laughs> funny. It's sad. I like both those guys. I'm, I'm um, disappointed. But McCaffrey was great this past week, by the way. Yeah. But some more guys who, you know, I'm really starting to panic on a little bit are number two receivers in elite offenses who we thought could really make a jump. Guys like Gabe Davis and Allen Robinson, you know, we always, every single year, we're like, oh, who's going to be the number two guy for Aaron Rodgers or for Tom Brady? You know, they got a great number one. Who's going to be the number two? The answer is Cooper Cup and Stephon Diggs are the number one and the number two. There's not a number two guy. Cooper Cup got 19 targets last night. So at this point, I think Allen Robinson, I would say, honestly, drop him. I do not think he is worth a a roster spot at this point. That might be a hot take, but he has done really nothing so far this season. And the only time he gets involved is Matthew, Matthew Stafford throwing him back of the end zone fades way over his head where he's just not open. Um, and then Gabe Davis, I don't know what's going on with him either. He seems to have been passed by Isaiah McKenzie right now. Uh, Isaiah McKenzie is a little bit banged up. Jameson Crowder went down. So maybe Gabe Davis will have a, a much improved role this week, but I don't think he is someone that you could start with confidence week in week out. He's probably purely a matchup based bench player at this point. Speaking of the bills, a name we'll talk waiver wire, Khalil Shakir, uh, the rookie wide receiver had a nice game and and now will kind of be that number three guy with McKenzie with a concussion Crowder out looks like indefinitely. Um, so that's a name to, to keep an eye out for kind of a fun name too. I, I think I'm saying that right. Khalil Shakir. All right, let's uh, let, let, let's let's make sure we get into our uh, our waiver wire and then we'll uh, we'll get to everybody's favorite 
uh, new segment, which is called uh, Is He Legit uh, from Harrison. So we'll uh, we'll say pick pick him up or or pass in regards to the waiver wire. And of course, Jonathan Taylor being banged up. Is he going to play Thursday? I actually hope he doesn't, which is weird to say. Uh, but then what does that mean? Do we go get Naeem Hines? Philip Lindsay apparently is going to be involved. Yes, Philip Lindsay is with the Colts. Uh, and then also kind of a, a name to, to keep an eye out for Deion Jackson. So could be a little bit of a committee there. Anybody jump out to you, Harrison, that you, you want to go pick them up? No one there I really want to pick up. If I really need a running back, I could maybe grab Lindsay or Jackson. But I feel like if Taylor is out, it is going to be a really heavy committee. I don't think any of them is, is going to get an insane workload like a Jonathan Taylor 20 carry workload. So I don't think any of them are really starting if he worth starting if he is out. Uh, but definitely an interesting situation to monitor. If it turns out that Jonathan Taylor is out for you know maybe two weeks or three weeks, then definitely go pick up probably Jackson or, or Lindsley. Uh, but I don't think if he's out for only one week game time decision type thing, they're worth starting in fantasy this week. Um, but a wide receiver filling in for injury who I do think is worth starting this week and picking up is Mike Boone of the Denver Broncos. You know, Javante going down really sucks, but I'm so excited for Mike Boone, which is kind of a crazy thing to say. He outsnapped Melvin Gordon in the fourth quarter of that game once Javante Williams went down. I don't think a lot of people realize that. Melvin Gordon has had four fumbles so far in four games. I do not see the Broncos giving Melvin Gordon the keys to the backfield. Uh, so I think Mike Boone is a really talented player. He's averaged 5.6 yards per carry so far in his career on a small sample size, but you know, good enough sample size. Um, Really explosive athlete. He's a, a former kick returner. He's got juice. He's got speed. And he played three games as a starter in Minnesota in 2019. And he averaged 15 fantasy points per game. So I think Mike Boone has a real opportunity to, to make some noise in Denver and be a really solid flex play going on this season. I was worried about some of the drops I saw on that Denver offense. And a couple of those were Russell's fault because he was just zinging it little you know the short pass and it's going so fast um so it makes me a little nervous with some of those guys in denver and that offense just is it's just a mess in a lot of ways and it's frustrating and even though again russell wilson had a great game but it's still like it's just painful at times and so you take away javante it makes me it makes me nervous so i'm not sure i'm gonna uh, go crazy on the waiver wire but you make a good case for mike boone that that's a that's a fair case uh Another name, Latavius Murray, um, I, you know, he just played in New Orleans and now he's in Denver, but I, I rode the Latavius Murray train last year and it was, it, it was not a good ride. So I'm out on him. He's a little too older. Like these types of guys, they, they're there for depth, but they're not there for fantasy. Um, and, and so I can't, I can't trust Latavius Murray. However, in Atlanta, the Atlanta offense is confusing, but it's been pretty productive this year. Uh, and so I do like Tyler Algier. Um, if I have to pick between him and Caleb Huntley, I'm going to go with Algier. Can you make a case for one or the other? So I would go with Algier as well, just because he's probably going to get the first crack at uh, opportunity. But I think it's going to be a pretty split backfield between the two. Uh, we saw in that game, Caleb Huntley get a lot of the red zone and goal line and short yardage situation for the Falcons. So I think he is going to be valuable. Tyler Hunt or Tyler Algier is just not going to come in and, and be a dominant running back. So I think they're both actually pretty valuable in fantasy. So I would put in a claim for both of them is just, you know, probably not, maybe not start them week one because you want to see how the split shakes up. 
But, you know, I think they're worth having both of them on your roster until Cordero comes back. Uh, and then let's see. All right, we'll, we'll jump into uh, is he legit? So uh, on the show, you've heard Harrison uh, accidentally use the word legit. And so now we've made a segment out of it. And we ask Harrison about certain players and ask, are they legit? So J.K. Dobbins, was this his breakout game? 13 rushes, 41 yards, touchdown. Uh, the Ravens did lose to the Bills, but but Dobbins also had four catches, 22 yards, and then another touchdown. So tell me, is he legit? J.K. Dobbins is legit. He okay. was someone that we talked about in the offseason as a guy where he's just a superbly talented running back, but kind of lost in the mix with the injury. And, oh, they have Mike Davis, and they have Kenyon Drake. And it's like, well, who cares? J.K. Dobbins is an animal. He's a great player. He's finally back from injury. He's getting the opportunity he deserves in the Baltimore offense. I think he's going to be a stud for the rest of the season. I would say trade him. I would say get maximum value. Buy, let somebody else buy into him. I still get nervous about Lamar Jackson stealing touchdowns, and they always like a committee there. I don't know. I mean, and the, the injury concern. But, yes, he was awesome, and he's got the potential for sure. Uh, all right, Geno Smith. I, somebody in my fantasy league, my my big leagues, they they spent a ton of waiver wire do dollars, over 20, to get Geno Smith. I think it was in week one or two, and I'm laughing. I'm thinking, this is hilarious. Geno Smith, somebody's going to get him on the waiver wire. Well, last two games, he's averaged over 300 yards passing, 25 fantasy points. He, his completion percentage, over 74%, 75%. Um, so, is Geno Smith legit? I would not say that Geno Smith is legit. And that's just because I, I want to look at the teams he has to play the next couple of weeks. He has to play the Saints. He has to play the Chargers, the Cardinals, all teams who have had rocky starts, but I think are much better teams than the Seahawks and have pretty solid defenses. He has to play the Bucks after that. I mean, I don't see a world where he's going for 400 yards and four touchdowns every week. It's always nice to play the Lions. I'll tell you someone who is legit. The Lions defense is <laughs> legitimately bad. Start anyone that is playing against the Lions. They may have the yes. worst defense in NFL history. So uh, if Geno Smith got to play the Lions every week, then I would say he's good to go. But unfortunately, that is not the case. So, you know, he's a backup. I, I don't think I would put in a waiver claim for him to be my starting QB. Um, so he's maybe worth a look, but don't expect him to be a top 10 QB for the rest of the season. All right, so I'm intrigued with Kenny Pickett. I think I like him more than you you do. So uh, Kenny Pickett would be the quarterback I'd like to go get on the uh, on the waivers this week. So uh, none of the other backups uh, per se. People probably already gotten Cooper Rush, but um, but yeah, G Geno's put up some some numbers. There's no there's no denying it. But I can't trust the Seahawks. I'm still not there. I'm not jumping on that bandwagon. Uh, all right, this was a fun show. Thanks for everybody listening. Thanks to Harrison Zuckerberg. I uh, encourage everyone to check out fantasyfootballfellowship.com. Check out all the content there. We send out a, a newsletter on Tuesdays, so be sure to subscribe to that as well. If you're a member, you get it automatically. Uh, so, again, fantasyfootballfellowship.com. I'm Bryce Johnson. I'm a sports fan and a fantasy owner who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected, and through faith, I've been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well. And I hope you'll join me and the Fantasy Football Fellowship community as we follow Jesus together. Have a great rest of your day. 
And we will talk to you next Tuesday, Lord willing, right here on the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast presented by MetaShare.